Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. I'm in Stamford, Connecticut, which is right outside of New York City here in the U.S. And have you always been there? Is that where you, 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 have you, were you born there? Were you originate no. from there? No, no, no. It's, uh, I've been here now close to 30 years, but I was originally born in Bangladesh, came to the U.S. in my late teens to study and then ended up in Minnesota and Illinois and then came, moved to East Coast, started my professional career, started in Fortune. 500 companies and then built a series of uh, tech companies of my own and ended up writing a few books here and there. Mm, cool. Very good. And, and so you're Bangladesh. We just had the, well, it's actually happening still. We've got the final coming up, which is the Cricket World Cup. Yes. And uh, yeah, Bangladesh was in there playing against New Zealand, I think. And um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was really good. Yeah, the, 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 the team has gotten better and better over the years. And it's still a young team. Yeah, they have. And you're right, they are a young team and still growing and maturing. But uh, yeah, really, really good to see. Now, you said a little bit about your background, so let's hear more about that. So you've you've actually developed some commercial businesses and technology platforms and so forth, and also you've worked for large organizations. Tell us a little bit more about the kind of roles you've done and experiences you've had. Sure. So, you know, I've, when I first started out, I started out as an R&D engineer, because of my tech background. And then from there on, went into working for Dun & Bradstreet for their process improvement. And right after that, started my first company, which was in kind of middleware software business and ended up merging that with G Capital to start G Capital's first e-commerce business. And then uh, raised a lot of money from venture capital to launch my next company. Got fired from that company, started the next company. Made it a pretty big success. And it is around that time. We're now talking, uh, 2002, you know, 2003, four timeframe is when I started writing, uh, books along with running my company purely as a, as a hobby and as a, you know, just to highlight whatever that I was learning. And these books are primarily around leadership and innovation and creativity and organizational transformation type of tenant. And then, you know, um, five years ago, after existing my last company, I decided that I wanted to uh, really work with our government. So I've been heavily working with our federal government, meaning U.S. federal government, and uh, didn't really write anything for a few years. So recently wrote Lyft, uh, which is around kind of observing uh, where the world today is post-pandemic and all of the climate change and a lot of the misinformation that we see and how the world is changing and how can we prepare ourselves. That came out uh, earlier this year, became a number one most journal bestseller. And then 
we also released the second edition of my previous book called Everything Connects, which also became a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Everything Connects focuses on finding yourself, finding your authentic call, and how to apply that to be more innovative and create long-term value. And by value, I don't mean financial value, it's a value of impact. Um, mm. but that's kind of my, my uh, journey. I'm just like everybody else, I had tremendous amount of ups and downs professionally and personally health issues with my mother, son, etc. So I have, quote unquote, have had a pretty rich full life and I'm very grateful for that. Mm. Wow, that's cool. Now tell me, yeah, we, we all go through some ups and downs in life and we've, we've actually gone through quite a bit over the last two or three years as well around the world with the wonderful pandemic that we didn't want, but you know, we got. And it was really interesting to see that. Now, I see here as well, part of your bio is that you've actually a strong believer that it's through knowledge sharing that we may provide the greatest clarity on how to improve our collective future. And we're going to be talking about the future a little bit later on in, in the episode, but I think the knowledge sharing, tell us a little bit more about what your thoughts on knowledge sharing and why that is important and, and how do people, our listeners, right, the, the, the leaders and, and um, at all various levels within different organizations, businesses and that today, what can they do to get the knowledge? And then also, how do they share it? Sure. I mean, look, the knowledge, there is obviously the classic way of learning when you read a book or you go to school and you take a course. Those are very important. It teaches us how to learn. But I think the best way to learn is when you learn from other and your own experiences. And you know, when you listen to other people's story and their experiences, that that stays on to you. I mean, there's a saying when people say that, you know, people don't remember anything except the stories, right? So when we learn best from other people's story and our own personal journey. So I believe that when we share those journeys uh, and the lessons from those journeys, those journeys stays on with the audience and there's no better way to contribute, to pass on to other people so that they can learn. And hopefully be better for their doing than you are. Hopefully they make less mistakes than, than you have made along your journey. So I, I'm a, a pretty, uh, a prolific sharer of knowledge any way I can, whether that's on campus, uh, or whether that's, you know, with my colleagues, uh, whether that's uh, my customers or whether that's on through my books or, you know, social media, wherever. I'm a big believer in sharing knowledge. Yeah, that's great. I think too many people may learn. And I mean, there's two sides, Faisal, that I think about. One person is somebody who doesn't learn anymore because they think they know it all. That's one. And then number two is there's, an, there's three actually. And then the number two is somebody who does learn, but they don't want to share with others. They like to hang on to it and kiss it and look after it. It's mine. You're not having it. And then there's the third person who does learn and then share as well others as well, which is really, really important. And I think, you know, leaders are those who are people who share knowledge and, and, and help other people grow, which is wonderful to see. And this is the main reason for this, this podcast actually is about allowing, having people like you come on board to talk about the topic of leadership is changing, to talk about leadership and change, but also about what it means for our listeners. And, and hopefully they can learn something from it and go from to another level with it for sure. I'm in Ohio in the United States. Yeah, cool. And it's a special day today, right? Have you got some sort of anniversary? Well, on the day we're recording this, actually, it's Veterans Day here in America, and I am a veteran, so I got mm. to uh, commemorate the morning with classroom discussions with 
young people and it was wonderful. I got to talk to some uh, elementary students about my experience in the military, which was always a lot of fun. Right. Very good. Now, you're a 12-year veteran, and I see you in the U.S. Army Special Operations. Tell us more about your background. Sure. So, big picture, I've been a musician my whole life, started playing music at a very young age, and that was a driving force through most of my life. It led me into um, becoming a teacher and really was a big passion of mine. And the Army was kind of, uh, oh, we got a war going on, and it was my turn. So, I was at that age where it, it felt like the right thing to do at that time and ended up making most of, I don't know, almost a full career out of it. I'm, I'm still actually in right now. I did 12 years active duty. I'm on year 17 in total service. I'm a reservist right now. Um, as I left active duty, I started, I went back to music. So I started working for a music education company and found myself quickly in a position of leadership as the first director of operations for that company. And stayed there for about five years, and now I'm on my own coaching other entrepreneurs on operations and leadership. And now I see you've got a business called Smooth Operation? That's correct. Yeah, that's the name of the company and the course. It's uh, called Smooth Operations. Sort of brings me back that that song, Smooth Operator. Is that the one? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a bit of a hidden joke in with it when we first broke that you know, seven-figure barrier. My then CEO got me a little bobblehead that said "Smooth Operator," which this is an audio podcast, but I have a very, very smooth head. So it was kind of a play on words with my wonderful hairstyle. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I love that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Of course, you're going into the to stage. You know, season-wise, you're going in towards winter now, and so correct for you. What's the difference between for you and your business? Was there no difference at all around seasons, around summer and winter? Any any difference at all? Well, I'm I'm pretty new in my business right now, so I can't say that with any authority. I can say from the operator perspective, having run an online education course for several years, winter it picks up. It cool. tends to pick up just because. People are outside less. They're inside, you know, they're on their computers more. There's less distractions. And yeah, business always tends to pick up in this, in this niche during the winter months. Yeah. Hey, Smith Operations, what, what do you, what do you actually do in that business? So it's a operations coaching program. So people join and they learn how to build systems, how to build processes, workflows, manage their team, build communication cadences, all with the end goal of removing the CEO from having to transactionally manage the day-to-day operations of the company and let them move into that visionary role that they really want to be in. So it's it's about building the business around a visionary entrepreneur. Oh, that's awesome. That's very, very cool. And I, listeners, you won't be able to see this, but I can see in this background that Adam's got some wonderful books here and three of them, .com Secrets, Expert Secrets, and Traffic yes. Secrets, and three wonderful books. If you haven't already read that, so listeners, by Russell Brunson, very, very good books. So yeah. I love what you actually just shared there about that kind of thing around operations and systems and so forth, because I think a lot of leaders today, it doesn't matter what size organization you're in today, you've got to have the right systems and processes around you. In other words, listeners, you can't be everything to everybody, because if you're trying to do it all yourself, it ain't going to work. Well, it will work to a certain degree, right? But then then it's a right. bit of a problem later on. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Now, Adam, you're... 
we're going to be talking about leadership and changing and things like that. But how did you get into leadership? It started from a very early age. My first job was I started working at McDonald's. I live in a very small farming town and McDonald's moved in. So I got a job at 15. By 16, I was a shift manager. I was the youngest shift manager there. Leadership continued through. I was a leader in our high school band. And then really where I really honed my main leadership skills was in the Army. Joined the Army at 23, was a sergeant by 24. Now I'm a a senior non-commissioned officer, so senior sergeant. And that all led the way to me becoming a, a director of operations. That's great. Oh, that's that's really a cool experience. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people think about, oh, there's the pimply little kid in McDonald's and things like that. But I think McDonald's has great systems to teach people about how to work, work ethic, how to get things done, leadership, all of that. I think it's a great, great organization. In addition to you're in the service business, you're working with people, you have to learn how to treat people right. And that's a skill that will serve you for the rest of your life when you have to be on the other end of the angry customer. So my kids are just at that age where they're almost ready to start working and they're working at McDonald's. That's um, it's kind of a given from my end. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And I don't think I could have worked at McDonald's because I I would probably be eating too much of that food. (laughs) (laughs) But we we grew up in cafes. I mean, that's what we were. We were, from the age of seven, we were in cafes working and really, Mm. you know, learning a lot. And so I think that whole work ethic and understanding people and so forth is really important. And, And, you know, I'm in the business of actually working with people, of course, around my exec coaching, facilitation, training, developing executives, leaders, and teams. But life would be so much simpler without people. And I think that... It's uh, more boring, though, too, right? I know, I know. Yeah. Hey, here's a question for you now. This person could be alive or from history, but who's your favorite leader and why? Oh, I have to go with George Washington. And I was actually just at Mount Vernon two weeks ago with my son's eighth grade class, and that just reinforced my absolute love for George Washington. Why? He was... He was a man of the moment. He didn't seek leadership. Leadership sought him. He didn't want to be the general in charge of the revolution. He did not want to be the first president of the United States. They came and got him. And so I think there's something to be said about serving to your highest capacity, even though it's maybe not what you wanted, not what you envisioned, but finding yourself in that role and doing it better than anyone And then when it's all over, going back to your quiet life, it's just so inspiring to me when he didn't pursue it. It just, it came to him. Mm. I I love that kind of scenario because I think there's some people who want something or they want the title and things like that, but they're not, okay, they've got the title. But then someone who says, no, I don't want to do it, but then it sorts them or, you know, chases them to do it. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's really, really good. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously, well, I don't know. Obviously, you didn't meet George Washington in person, but I was going to say to you, if you were sitting on the park bench with him, what would be one question that Adam would like to ask him? I'd really like to know more about his relationship with Martha, because obviously war was very different back then. And I know what me and my wife had to go through with my time away at war. I'd love to know how they kept their marriage and love strong when they were so separated for so long 
And there's something mm. to be said about just the depth of that relationship and how do you build a relationship that deep? Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 